Yeah, it's another interesting week, isn't it, Carl? It is. Uh, we got an inflation reading that was a little bit lower, but not lower enough to really satisfy the market this week. Yeah, expected was 8.1. Inflation came in at 8.3, still lower than 8.5, but I don't care who you are. Uh, it's not low enough or trending low enough uh, to make a significant difference in, in individuals' lives. And, you know, the one thing that, you know, we always try to come back to is, are we in a recession? Are we headed for a recession? A lot of clients want to know, are we going to a, into a recession? Because that, you know, makes us make different decisions with regards to the portfolio. So let's start right there. You know, uh, obviously, Jerome Powell, we'll kind of get into what he said in, in just a few minutes. Um, but what are some of the things that we kind of look towards as potential indicators of an oncoming recession? Well, just to summarize first, we still don't think we're quite there yet, but the main things that we look at are, you know, there are a number of things, you know, people look at leading indicators of economic activity that summarize everything, but the, the, the big key things that we look at are was there speculative frothy activity in markets or something that could lead to big wealth destruction? And maybe there was some of that last year. Is there inflation? Yes, there's, there's some of that. But the key things that we don't see right now are upticks in unemployment. Uh, that's, that's a real significant thing. And then the next significant thing is tightening, significant monetary policy tightening from the Fed in terms of, you know, raising the Fed funds rate or uh, pulling quantitative easing away and tightening it. Now we've got, now we've, we've, we're on that path right now, but we haven't done a lot of quantitative tightening yet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to that point, uh, obviously we'll see what happens from the Federal Reserve over the course of the rest of this year and how that really impacts the economy. But I will show uh, something that we were looking at earlier today is the leading economic, uh, leading economic index uh, or indicators. So this is a conglomerate of economic indicators that we're looking at here that kind of tell us and forecast you know, how the economy is doing. And what you'll see prior to any recession in the past, if you go back to 2001 on the left-hand side, 07 to 08 uh, right here, and then obviously COVID, is you see this period of of rolling over and we haven't seen that. And if you scroll down to the year over year changes, typically recessions occur when that leading economic, uh, I can't even get it out today, Carl, leading economic indicator year over year change goes negative. So you can see here in 2000, it went negative and here in 06, 07, it went negative. And then obviously COVID was you know, the, the rare instance where it just barely went negative than COVID. But we're still, you know, fairly high year-over-year -year positive change on the leading economic indicator index, and we still haven't rolled over. So that's one one of the things that we look at. Another thing would be the yield curve inversion, um, where we got a, a brief one for about a week, and then it, you know, obviously rates shot up higher. So we haven't had a full yield curve inversion. Uh, that's something that you like to talk about, um, you know, a decent amount of time. Um, but is there anything else other than employment? I think we added four hundred twenty-six thousand jobs. So. This all leads us to believe that this is just a really nasty correction in the markets. Um, and for individuals that were invested with, you know, Kathy Wood and ARK and those really high speculative names, uh, virtually no earnings or not forecasting earnings, trading at, 
you know, 20 times their revenue, not 20 times what they're earning, 20 times what their revenue is, uh, those have gotten completely slaughtered. Right. I mean, there are a lot of stocks uh, that are just down 80, 90%, but those are all companies that don't really have any earnings right. or cash flow. They're not buying back shares and they were trading at high prices to their sales. So anything could have happened there, but when the real, when it became, you know, realized by everyone that a lot of the sales growth that they were having was due to the pandemic right. and it's now slowing down, even though they're still growing, uh, there was a big re-rating in the valuations of those companies. Yeah. And, and just like everything seems clear in hindsight, uh, and we, we get the trouble of bearing that burden uh, as investment managers and financial advisors for clients. Uh, in the current moment, there's a lot of things that are kind of perplexed. So we talked about this today with a client that Google currently at its current price is trading at the same multiple as Clorox. Um, Clorox only grows sales by a couple percentage points per year where Google grows it you know, somewhere close to 20 or more. And it just doesn't make a lot of sense when you see those things. So when you see these exacerbations, whether they're to the upside or even to the downside, like what we've seen so far this year, um, it doesn't always mean that it's going to pan out that way. And, and you know, we talked about, you know, if, if we are in an inflationary environment, do you want to own companies that are only growing by two or three percent or below the average inflation rate? Or would you rather own good, solid companies with good fundamentals, buying back shares, uh, that are trading and growing their sales at you know 15 or 20 percent a year, and the answer is the latter. That's the smart move to to do. Um, and we've made some internal changes. I did want to kind of get to Jerome Powell because he did put out a statement uh, just after the market closed. So we'll see how the market opens um, on Friday. But what this looks at here is uh, a statement that he made, and he said Powell says he can't guarantee a soft landing. Well, duh. Right, and right. Were, that's uh, not surprising. And, and, and odds were odds were absolutely against them, right? So we're in an environment where the Fed, the only the only tool that the Federal Reserve has to control inflation is to raise interest rates, slow demand, um, and slowly contract the economy. And what we're what we're saying with that is that that may happen, but we haven't seen any of the indicators of a recession. So we should see, and we still firmly believe that we may get a bounce sometime this year. Um, and that may be a better time to look to reposition. Now, we have been repositioning. We have been getting a little bit more defensive as the year has gone on. Uh, but at the same time, it's, it's not very prudent to you know, buy high and sell low. You want to be buying low and selling high. So looking for those opportunities. Anything you'd like to add on the Fed, Carl? Well, I mean, we're just going to see how far they are able to go and how they, how they do everything. I think a, an important thing is that they want to be gradual about the quantitative tightening and how that gets ramped up. They didn't want to, they decided uh, in the last meeting in their commentary that they didn't want to do it at the 95 billion a month rate right. in the summer. They wanted to start slow at, at 47. And so based on all of that, and you know, even if we have a few more larger rate hikes in there and then some smaller ones in the fall, we don't really estimate that there's going to be too much tightening until maybe sometime 
in the fall. Right. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see how they react to obviously price differences in the market, uh, whether that makes them alter uh, their perspective on everything, uh, similar to kind of what they did in 2018. Uh, but the difference between 2018 and now is we didn't have eight percent inflation, and that's that's the bigger driver of of what the Fed's having to do. And you've already seen mortgage rates go from two and a half to five and a half in the matter of you know six months. So. That may put a little bit of pressure on housing, but you know, from our from our standpoint, what we try to do with with every client is put together a unique plan tailored to exactly where they're at in their life, uh, and sticking to that game plan and that roadmap is the most important thing when we come into situations like this. Um, but you know, it's it's interesting to me. Uh, you know, you've seen uh, so many risk assets, whether it's the Teladocs, the Zooms, uh, or even the cryptocurrencies, just get absolutely annihilated. Um, you know, obviously, the, the, the stable coin issue that came out earlier today and over the last few days, uh, that's obviously been affecting the cryptocurrency market environment. But when I was getting advice to look to crypto from like a barber, that's generally a sign that, you know, it's, it's probably it's, me, it's mainstream. It's not. Right. A unique, so, you know, different we're not, we're thing. Not, yeah, we're not surprised in those risky bubble assets. Um, but we are we are actually surprised at some of these good solid companies that are just getting thrown out, you know, with the bathwater right now. Um, one thing I did want uh, to leave everybody, we're going to leave this link in the comment section. Barron's just put out a really cool calculator because, you know, all of us can talk about core inflation. Uh, we can read the CPI prints of eight or eight and a half percent, but what does that mean to us as individuals? So, um, like I said, we're going to put this in the comment section, this link. But what this article shows is what's actually in your basket, what's important to you, how much is inflation actually infecting your particular budget? And, you know, Carl and I ran through it really quickly, and it only took, what, maybe two minutes, maybe, Carl? Right, um, a couple minutes just Easy. as an estimate so basically what you do you can put in you know what your monthly income is let's say it's uh, $2,500 and you can adjust your shelter how much you spend on shelter how much you spend on food how much you spend on transportation and then it, what it will do is it will actually calculate what your personal CPI rate is because that's what's important right and that's what we do here it's on a personal level it's not just what the CPI print is so make sure you click that link in the uh, comment section and, and, and see what your personal CPI um, uh, index is I think that's kind of neat anything else Carl. I think that's it we're just uh, we're just waiting to see how things settle down here we're continuing to reposition thoughtfully and uh i think that the most likely thing is that we're kind of you know it's just a, we're just in a bad correction and we're probably getting close to the end of it and maybe things will start to settle down as um you know if some of these technology hedge funds that are down so much are in the process of getting liquidated maybe the selling will start to slow down and we'll be reading a news about that in a month or so yeah, I completely agree. Well, until next week, you know, if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense, Carl. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, make sure you share it with family or friends. Uh, and if we can help them out in any way, we'd be happy to. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Andrew. All opinions expressed by Andrew Whalen, employees at Whalen Financial, or any other podcast guest are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Whalen Financial. 
Wayland Financial is a registered investment advisor. This podcast is for information purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Wayland Financial may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast.